0: Welcome to the Anxiety at Work podcast. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian
1: Gosling. Well, welcome, everyone. We hope the time you're going to spend with us will help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life. And we invite experts from the world of work and life to give us ideas and, most importantly, tools to deal with anxiety in our world.
0: Our guest today is our new friend, Roberta Hughes. Roberta is the founder and lead instructor at Peaceful Living, a studio that offers Pilates, meditation, and yoga classes. Peaceful Living provides clients a way to filter out life's pressures through live streams and on-demand classes. Her goal is to help clients who desire to change their relationships with stress. And we've had her on our live show as well. She is delightful. She is calm. She is the perfect guest to talk about anxiety at work. Roberta, welcome to our Humble podcast.
2: Thank you. It's so good to be here. I just listened to the Living With Gratitude podcast yesterday when it came out, and it was exciting to hear it. And then here I am with you again, Chester. It's like we're old friends.
1: <laughs> hey, we're, we're thrilled. I'm thrilled to, to meet you, Roberta. And uh, Chester said nothing but great things. Um, now, I want to dive into some, some of the things that you talk about and how we can become a little bit more calm in our lives. But you say right now... Less than one in 10 of us are engaged in health-related self-care each day. So I want you to explain that concept and why it's so important to take the time uh, for health-related self-care.
2: Most of us think of self-care as something that brings us pleasure, something that's indulgent. And health-related self-care is a way to look at self-care as an opportunity to improve our immune system, to improve our energy levels, to develop self-awareness and really to develop empathy and healthy communication skills.
0: You know, you talk about empathy. We've heard a lot about that in the world of leadership, that we need more empathy in the workplace to reduce anxiety and reduce stress. You talk about another thing, about having a more positive relationship with stress. That that sounds a little counterintuitive to me that I yes, here comes stress, goody, you know, that's going to be a good thing. Um, talk, talk us through that idea, a positive relationship with stress. What do you, how, how do you do that?
2: By creating a positive relationship with stress, it actually gives you more power. It teaches you how to self-regulate. It teaches you how to identify your triggers and your response to stress. So how could we apply this to our work environment Maybe there are certain situations within that work environment that are going to trigger us, and we know that our stress levels are going to be higher that day. When we develop a healthy relationship with stress, we can learn to regulate our reactivity and our response when we know we're walking into situations that will trigger it.
0: So just on that line of triggers, so you say, oh yeah, I've got this meeting with somebody I really, that that I know is going to trigger me. We've got a, a, a friction in our well, relationship.
1: why are you looking at me <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it's like every day I have to meet with this guy <laughs> yeah um thank you Adrian um no, the point is is you say okay you can regulate that so so what is a what is a way that I'm heading into a meeting I know it's going to be stressful and it's going to be triggered how do I regulate that like what are some of your methods to to regulate that stress
2: to focus on your breath Breathing will reduce your stress response. It actually triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, which helps to bring that stress response down. So moving away from the flight or flight and moving more towards the rest and digest. Obviously, it's not going to be a complete transformation that you take one breath and all of those feelings and stressors are gone. But it's more like, okay, I'm prepared. I feel this. It's not going to overwhelm me. I can walk in with confidence and feel like I have power and can create boundaries for myself in this communication, in this meeting, in this relationship.
1: So it's sort oh, of, great. yeah, it's, it's bringing to ourselves to the present. But it's also this idea of cognitive reframing that we've been talking about where, where we're changing the narrative here that, that's going on.
2: Yeah. You actually have a choice of how you show up. You can acknowledge I'm feeling stressed. My heart is racing. My hands are jittery. Maybe I'm sweating a little bit. But those things don't have to show up before I walk into the room as who I am. I can still be who I am Hmm. in the midst of all of these things happening in my body.
1: Well, when when Chester and I you know do, do executive coaching, we've heard from some of the the, the senior leaders who are women that we coach that, that maybe women have had a harder time during the pandemic, and this gets uh, just to what you've been talking about here. Um, do you feel like yeah maybe women have had a lot harder time over the last couple of years, and if so, what advice do you have for women who are listening today?
2: You know, for women during the pandemic, most of us were working from home and. Those who were still in corporate roles working from home now also had children that were at home for school. I think the natural role of mothers is to be the caretakers of everyone else and trying to be at home, taking care of everyone else's needs and still showing up as an employee, as your role in your job, you're always operating at a high level of stress. learning how to self-regulate again and bring those stress responses down. It's almost like people who have PTSD. You, you kind of change your patterning of stress. Normally, stress happens. We're kind of on the smooth path. A stress will happen. It will spike our response. It will spike all of the things that happen in our body. Our nervous system will shift, but then we're able to come back down and then find that smooth path again. When we're constantly in those peaks of being stressed, it's more difficult over time to self-regulate and to find that place of balance again. So it really has to be programmed back into your body, back into your brain. It has to be practiced and strengthened just like a muscle.
0: That really is the key, isn't it? That practicing Mm -hmm. and the discipline to do it again and again. Uh, And and that do you find that's what missing what is missing from a lot of practices is literally the practice, the repetition,
2: the practice, the discipline and the consistency.
0: You know, you you talk about decluttering your brain. I really need your help on this one, (laughs) because I I don't think I'm unique in that, you know, we get into our days. And like you say, you've got family, you've got house repairs, you've got cars, you, you know, you've got all these things going on in your mind. How do you declutter your brain so that you can find that peace? What are those methods?
2: You can really organize and prioritize where you choose to place your focus. And if you look at it from that perspective, I'm choosing to focus on this thing, even among all of the other things that need my attention. Looking at the big picture, I do this once a week. Every Sunday I sit down and look at the big picture. What does this week require from me? And where does my attention need to be? And then each day I do three things to achieve what needs my attention. If I try to go day by day and just hope that things go well and that I get everything done from my to-do list, that creates more stress and clutter and disorganization. So. The steps would be to create the big picture and then to create flow by breaking it down into smaller steps and choosing where you place your focus.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and we heard that, you know, when we were writing Anxiety at Work, we heard that from so many, especially younger people who say, I would just love my boss to sit down with me on a Monday morning and talk about my week. You know, what, what I have coming up, what I can, what could fall off the, the sled if it has to, what has to be done. Just simple things like that, that, that again are a part of decluttering that as leaders we we can help with. Love that. Um, Roberta, how can people learn more about your work? Where would you send them?
2: I have a website, PeacefulLiving.com. Peaceful has two L's. And most of my content is on my website. I'm starting to build up my LinkedIn profile a bit more because I really do have a thirst and desire and an interest in bringing everything that I've been doing my whole life into the corporate setting and helping people bring more humanness into those leadership roles and to discover how to be more empathetic, sympathetic, vulnerable, and still be amazing leaders.
1: Well, yeah, the corporate world needs what, what you bring. Um, one of the things we talk a lot about is community, and you, you do as well. You know, having people who have your back, I think that's maybe the, the essence of, of community. Uh, yet, you know, COVID changed all that, as you know, for everyone. Um, so how can we find and cultivate a like-minded tribe, and, and why is that so important?
2: I don't know that COVID changed our ability to be in community with each other. I think it shifted what community looks like temporarily for most of us. And now we're trying to go back into our roles, feeling a little more isolated and alone. So we were all in these little pods of people for so long. Now we're trying to be back in the world and finding people seems a little intimidating and overwhelming. I would say to approach going back into your roles of life outside of your home with confidence and compassion, giving yourself the opportunity to create relationships newly. So not expecting or anticipating that your work relationships will look exactly as they did prior to you spending however many months or years on Zoom, which might've made you feel a little more Isolated from your group and from your people. I, I do believe that we can create community through these social platforms. You know, I feel very connected to the two of you right now through the screen, through our voices. I'm only getting a small version of you, but social media gets a really bad rap that. It's, it's not a place where you can find community. I find it to be the opposite. If I go into my Instagram account and I'm looking for people like me and I start interacting with them, more people like me show up in my feed. If I'm scrolling through and going down the rabbit hole of drudgery, for example, and I'm interacting with that content, I'm going to get more of that content. My Instagram feed is very positive. It's very encouraging. It's exciting. And I choose to go and look at different accounts and follow people for inspiration. I communicate and interact with people. So community comes from your intention, your purpose, and your desire to be in community with others.
1: Chester's Instagram is mostly pictures of carrots from uh, different places.
0: Different colors of carrots. A lot of people don't know. They come in more colors than orange. You know, Roberta, I I really appreciate your positive outlook on stuff. Like you said, you know, social media can get a really bad rap. And yet, Adrian and I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, and we've developed some wonderful relationships with really positive people. The idea of choosing your community. I think is so important you know i wanted to step back a second and and talk about your sunday night ritual where you look at the week and you plan it out you know it's so interesting when i take the night before and map out tomorrow i can sleep better i don't i don't have to worry about oh did i miss something or is there something on there that's gonna in your words you know trigger me those personal rituals i think really are helpful again it's the discipline to make sure that you do it i really like the way you said grab the whole week and then break it down by day what are some other personal rituals that you have that you could share with us like that that can help us find that inner peace
2: first i want to point out you you do this on sunday night i do this on sunday afternoon for me if i do it in the evening before i go to bed it actually creates more clutter in my brain because now i'm thinking about work i'm not thinking about rest so one of the rituals that i do consistently is a bedtime routine and about two hours before bed i'm doing things to bring my brain to a level of calm and quiet i dim the lights i put on a diffuser and have some lavender and bergamot and frankincense going all of Ooh, these little <laughs> all of these little cues that tell my brain it's time for sleep i start to turn on my humidifier have some white noise i attempt and i'm not always successful to keep digital out of my room and out of my bed but sometimes i like to put on a netflix show and just watch something but then At least 15 minutes before I go to bed, I'm completely away from the electronics. And then I wear a sleep mask and make sure that it's completely dark because the darkness tells your body to produce melatonin, which allows you to get healthier rest and longer periods of sleep without waking up in the middle of the night.
0: You know, one quick question. People are are all over the map, on at least I think so, as to how many hours of sleep you really need to be arrested what's your number
2: mine is eight I get eight hours of sleep every night and if I get seven I'm not feeling like myself
0: eight hours Adrian Adrian eight hours Ah, wouldn't it
1: be nice (laughs) yeah that's great hey Roberta you you took Chester when you were on his live show through a through a little bit of breathing exercise we've got a couple of minutes here um you have a minute or two with us what would you do to help us calm before our next meeting I'm I'm so so happy that you
2: asked me to do this. Yeah, me too, because
1: this is really cool. (laughs) I'm really
0: excited for you to walk, Adrian, too. Let's go for it. Okay,
2: Okay, so instead of breathing, we're going to do a guided meditation, and it's called a body scan. So you can close your eyes or lower your gaze. And now bring awareness to your mouth. Feel sensation inside of your mouth. Notice your lips, your tongue, inside the cheeks, the teeth, and feel the taste buds alive in your mouth. Notice the jaw bones, and see if you can create a little more space between the jaw bones. And let the tongue just float in the mouth, not pushing up, not pushing down. And soften your whole mouth. And now begin to notice your breath flowing in through the throat, flowing out through the throat. And feel sensation. In your whole body. And then just notice how you feel. Notice your awareness of breath, thought, sensation. And when you're ready, allow your eyes to open and tell me how
0: you feel.
1: Yeah, it's great. It just brings you right to the present.
0: Yeah. I really I really didn't want to open my eyes <laughs> No, me neither. <laughs> me neither. And <laughs> Chester
2: last time you didn't close your eyes and this time you did.
0: Yes, you know, listen, i got to tell everybody that's listening, uh, go look up Robert, Roberta Whitney Jones, or Hughes. <laughs> oh, Jones, don't look up her <laughs> No, no. Roberta Whitney Hughes. Um, she's got all these great little practices yeah. on her website. Uh, one of the ones that you walked us through was watch the movie, mm-hmm. which was so cool. So all these, and they don't take very long. What I really appreciate is, you know, everybody says, like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Yeah. You can always find a minute. You can yeah. always find two minutes. Yeah. So and I would then, love
2: it, to just hear quickly what... What effect did that have on you, Adrian?
1: Uh, like I said, it was it really brought me to the present. Uh, took me away from all the stresses because you know the the day starts. It's you know nine a.m. here in uh, Park City, Utah, and so I'm worrying about you know, making flight arrangements and client needs. I got to put together a proposal and this, that, and the other. And and it just, everything stopped. Those things started pulling at me, but I kept, you you kept bringing me back to myself. And, and that was really helpful. Yeah, in a minute, uh, all of a sudden, I felt a lot more centered, calm. Yeah.
2: Wonderful. And how about you, Chester?
0: Yeah, you know what I noticed about halfway through is uh, my shoulders relaxed. Mm. You know, and it just kind of, I just let go of that tension. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was one of my favorite words is when something good happens, I say, you know what? That was just lovely. Aww. And it was, it was just lovely.
2: I like that word.
1: Well, this has been just such a great discussion today, Roberta. Now, what would you want our listeners to take away to cultivate more peace in their lives? A couple of takeaways for from our discussion today. What would you What would you say?
2: Yeah, you know, there are so many things you can do. I would say to invest in practices that allow you to create that healthier relationship with stress. And there are so many things to choose from. Take your pick, try one thing, see how it works for you. If it's not working, find something else to try. Um, Training up your emotional uh, intelligence is going to really... Give you the opportunity to show up in all of your roles of life with confidence and from a place of peace and empathy so what practices can you take to train those up for me it's yoga pilates and meditation that's what i specialize in Um, and then finally to normalize conversations about mental health and emotions the more you can share how you're feeling again, in an intelligent way. It's not like we're emoting and having emotional meltdowns. That's not really healthy for anybody, including yourself. But to share your emotions in a healthy way to normalize conversations. You know, today I'm feeling sad and I might not be as focused at work. Just naming it. Or today I'm anxious because this event happened in my life. I'm going to do my best to show up as well as I can, but if you notice something, it might be because of this. Have honesty and openness in those
0: conversations. Boy, Adrian, you really needed to hear that last point. I did, I did. Yeah, I really <laughs> did. there's no doubt. You know, I, I, I love the calm and okay. I love the simple wisdom that you're sharing with us, Roberta. Uh, you really do bring that that calm. And the message, while simple and direct, It really is about that repetition and discipline. Again, I'd really encourage people to go to your website, and if nothing else, just the recordings of Roberta's voice will calm you down and make your day a little better. Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you so much. And I just want to conclude with repetition actually calms the brain because when the brain is familiar with a pattern, it automatically goes down to a place of performing at a more peaceful level. So keep it simple keep practicing and you've got this
1: thanks roberta
0: yeah thank you so
1: much
2: thank you guys for having me it was wonderful to be here
1: well just some great insights from roberta hughes um very calming very uh very positive and and i loved that she was telling us to look you got to have a more positive relationship with stress well how did that strike you
0: it really counterintuitive I you know my my goal in life is to avoid as much stress as possible I don't want to have any kind of a relationship with Uh -uh. stress is like saying you know build a relationship with you know the gang in your neighborhood no I don't (laughs) want to do that um I'll tell you this is my second time talking with Roberta and it, it just gets better and better doesn't she have that just wonderful way about her her voice just I just felt like my cares just kind of melt away the more she talked to
1: me which is really interesting, you know, because sometimes, oftentimes, actually, when we're asked to, you know, do executive coaching with somebody, maybe who's at the manager or director level, they want to build what? Their executive presence. Right. And voice is very important, isn't it? You know, how we present ourselves, how we are, how we're calm, how we, and especially in crisis, how we ask questions, you know, how we present ourselves comes a lot, obviously, from our body language and our voice.
0: You know, um, I lived in Italy for a while and there was an expression that the bigger the title, the softer the voice, which I always thought was really interesting. You know, when you when you get more and more influence, you don't you don't have to to scream and yell. One of the things that she pointed out that I thought was really great was be aware of your triggers and take care of it in advance. If you're going into a meeting or you're going to go into a situation and you know it's going to be, take that minute to step in and choose how you show up. I thought, you know, that phrase right there for me is choose how you are going to show up. Be prepared going in. You're less likely to get triggered. You're less likely to lose control of your emotions.
1: I love that. And we've been talking about this, is that can you reframe what's happening instead of, oh, my gosh, I have to come in and face Bruce and Bruce is always, <laughs> you know, can you reframe it to, I'm coming in, I'm going to learn, I'm going to be pushed, I'm going to have a chance to to grow here. Um, and as she, as you just mentioned, you know, bring yourself to the present with, with breathing. Um, and just as she did with one minute uh, with this meditation, bring yourself present and, and don't be worrying about what could happen. Just face things as as they come.
0: Yeah, I I really appreciated when she said, "Don't look at your week Sunday night, which is what I do. Do it Sunday afternoon, and then put it put it aside. Prepare yourself for the big picture, and then break it down uh, day by day." So many people, and you know, you and I are included in that. We have those weeks where Sunday night we just go, ugh you know and it just that knot starts to build inside your stomach whether it's you've got travel or there's maybe some people you've got to interact with you're not crazy about whatever it might be lack of sleep do it in the afternoon give your give your mind and your body a chance to then decompress and yeah. head for a good Eight hours sleep. Who, yeah. When was the last time you got eight hours sleep,
1: <laughs> Well, I try, but uh, yeah, usually it's six and a half to seven. But yeah, I certainly try. But yeah, because I, I, I want to focus in too for a minute on that decluttering your brain and just what right. her, her idea is, You're doing that on Sunday, you do it out the night before. However you find that it works for you, I think that really is good to just plan out. Okay, what am I working on tomorrow? What am I working on this week? Where's my attention needed? Um, what could fall off the sled if it has to, what, what does need to be done, just getting ourselves a little bit more organized and decluttering our brains. I thought that was great. And then then she started talking a little bit about community and, and, and how now, as we start going out again, we need to go out with confidence, but also compassion. I thought that was interesting.
0: Well, and then she gave a great shout-out to social media. She goes, it, take, it gets such a bad rap. I, she finds a lot of positive people. You know, choose your community. If you go down the rabbit hole and all that negativity, that's what's going to attract on your feed. Uh, find those positive communities, and of course, we've got our community. You know, we thrive together. Global, which is a very positive community. So, I, I, I just, you know, she reframes everything in such a positive and calm way. Uh, for me, it was very inspiring.
1: Well, we want to thank Roberta for being on the show. We want to give a big thanks to our producer, Brent Klein, and to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like Roberta, and to all of you who listened in and subscribed. Uh, you Every time you subscribe to our podcast, an angel gets its wings.
0: <laughs> and you'll hear a little bell. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. If you do like the podcast, please share it with your friends and family. We think there's a lot of good things, uh, tools to help people deal with their mental health and anxiety in particular we'd love for you to join our online community we thrive together.global where we're creating this safe place where people can talk about mental health and anxiety and if i'm not mistaken adrian there's a book that you like to talk about oh my gosh
1: it is such a good book it's called anxiety at work uh we've we've now it's been translated in multiple languages around the world and it's uh, we think from what we hear doing a lot of good for a lot of people out there so and and we love to speak on that book anxiety at work virtually or in person on the topics of wellness resilience anxiety at work give us a call we'd love to talk to you about your event
0: Yeah, and follow us on LinkedIn. We're constantly publishing great stuff. We've got the Gratitude Journal. We've got all kinds of articles. And Adrian White writes an article for Forbes magazine that is really, 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 let me put the emphasis on really good. You should (laughs) subscribe to that as well. Well, Adrian, always a pleasure to spend time with you. I I so appreciate our friendship, and and I really appreciate Roberta bringing that calm Mm -hmm. and that goodness into our podcast. She was amazing.
1: Well, thanks, Jess, and thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Until next time, we wish you the best in mental health.
0: Take care.